0: Welcome back. Today we have a guest. Can you believe it? Uh, She, her pronouns.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: That's correct. Hello, hello. Hi. I'm so excited to to be here.
1: It's so great to have you here, finally. It's been something I've really wanted for a while, just to get some of the greatest people together in these horrible times. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Great minds in horrible times.
0: Uh, you and I know each other, but I, not as well. And this is, like, really fun because I enjoy spending time with you. Um,
2: <laughs> the feeling is mutual. I'm very excited about this.
0: Uh, so let's, speaking of horrible things, let's dive <laughs> in. As we speak, I think it's June 4th, 2020. Um, While it still lasts. Mm-hmm
2: live from the bunker
0: so if you're listening i just said that date uh and
1: you're caught up
0: <laughs> that's um, all
1: you really needed to know at any point have we noticed the what looks like people getting ready to like hit back at riders in the city we live in i think people know we we're in toronto so can, there's can just been elaborate like, i think i'm ignorant to this no, yeah, all I really saw was people dropping off like bricks in random spots throughout town. Oh, right. Okay, actually.
2: That's happening now in Toronto. hmm Like citizens, and, you mean?
1: Um, just like white non-decrypt fans kind of like dropping off bricks. And oh. then Yeah,
0: it's not really clear, like at least to me, uh, from the tweets that I've seen, like who is responsible for this. But the goal is very much like if there were to be a demonstration the, what mm-hmm. they're basically doing is they're leaving bricks as like quote bait for people to throw at windows so that the cops can start attacking them essentially. I At least that's what I, like, I gather from the situation.
2: Yeah, I've seen that happening in the States. I was unaware that they were doing it in Toronto now too. Mm-hmm.
0: There was uh, one near like Queen and
1: Ossington. And there have been a lot of big name brand stores that are getting boarded up very meticulously.
2: I saw that.
1: And when you couple that with the fact that the demonstrations are not even being organized by a BLM chapter or by people of color anyway, it's scary to think what might be being planned.
2: It's very suspicious, right? Like I feel like with all of the chaos that's happening, a lot of people are taking this on as their own personal The Purge fantasy, like live action role play. Absolutely, yeah. And it's just, like, frightening to know that you all get looped into the same group of protesters, right? When some are marching with cause and some are marching for just chaos.
0: Wonder. Yeah, exactly. And it's true that it's, like, mostly white people doing the the purge <laughs> part of the whole situation. And, like, that's, like, incredibly irritating because it mm-hmm. it's essentially, like, another form of appropriation. Like, you're appropriating this cause to do whatever you want and
1: not actually support it and it threatens the integrity of it because a lot of these people are not blurring people's faces they're not keeping up anonymity they kind of i think people just want to write for clout and to seem Mm -hmm. like they do it And it's... it's, Yeah, sorry, go
2: ahead. (laughs) You've seen these, like, (laughs) posts of people taking pictures of, like, themselves at protests, and there was one of somebody, like, pretending like they were boarding up a store or something. Like, these influencers are getting out there and making it a part of the brand. And it's just, like, there's no lying, right? Like, there's no end to it. It's really just... It's shocking to see, but it's not surprising.
1: I mean, I've definitely taken like a soft protest picture because I thought I made a cute sign. But I think we're beyond the time of doing it for the gram flex. It's not it. It's, it's, it's all out. And you basically just hang on. I'm losing my train of thought.
0: Well, <laughs> no, I, I actually think that's a perfect segue into like, because we're talking about um, how it's bad that certain people are rioting. But I think we should also acknowledge that we're i at least I personally I'm not trying to discourage rioting, no, um, but you should know your place in
1: the presence of a protest slash riot if you really are that hellbent on rioting because you think it's fun and because you're largely white and you can walk away with it without a whole lot of repercussion, then just be a body and be a shield like be there for the people who actually need to get their point across and contribute that way?
2: I think it's really difficult for white people to kind of understand and just non-black POC in general to understand like how to take up space in the movement in an appropriate way, because like, as we saw with the black square hashtag challenge that happened it was taking up space in a movement that we're just begging people to step back right so mm-hmm. seeing people take the riots and protests like out of context is just sort of like a physical example of how people are taking up a space that we're not asking them to take up you know
1: mm-hmm. and then did you see that there was like white out tuesday
2: no so what, is, someone what, who is, works, what is that? So, but what someone fresh fuckery. who works,
1: it was someone who looks like they work at a Yankee Candle, um, <laughs> not a Yankee Candle, owned by their, um, mother-in-law slash aunt, um, just said like, well, they wanted to do Blackout Tuesday, we're going to do Whiteout Tuesday, because we just oh, have to do it. Oh, if, so this if, is if straight black, pride. Yeah. Like, know, if black uh-huh. people are doing it, we're going to do it too, in our own way, um, actually it's worse than (laughs) straight pride
0: it sounds like white pride
1: (laughs) it's it's (laughs) literally white (laughs) literally white nationalism love but for once in their goddamn lives the k-pop fandom did something that made me happy because they just used that to post their fan cams and their fan edits of their biases Uh oh my god so it was it's nice to kind of see, like, it's nice to see that levity on the internet still, where we can find the appropriate time to laugh at it. Because how how do we not go insane with the amount of people that are just always posting? And I'm glad that it's very evident because everyone's sort of on board of if you're going to waste bandwidth, at least make a count. Mm-hmm. But hundred percent, I'm I'm just glad to see some levity still, and I I. I don't know how to always keep that up. So it's nice when people it's nice when the K-pop fandom um, usurps white nationalists. It makes me laugh.
0: <laughs> Should we talk about the white nationalist elephant in the room? Like <laughs> which one? I, I like the concept in general, but like anywhere on this like on the spectrum of from like the president to the entire foundation of like the organization of law enforcement.
1: Hey. Oh, actually, I actually think that in the last, like, ever since Trudeau, I do have a point, that's right. But um, I think ever since Trudeau did his whole, like, 22nd. Oh, my goodness. Um, dis- dis- and, like, look, we've all dissociated. It's fine. Um, I just think he he's starting to crack because he's generally good at never giving a straightforward answer um, in a satisfactory way. But for, and for the, now that he's being asked direct questions about things that are happening in real time or like when Jagmeet Singh asked him if he was going to like what he was going to do about institutionalized racism. Like, Mm -hmm. is he going to stop it? Is he going to step in and do something about this? And Trudeau just kind of went around the answer. Oh, absolutely. Can I say though, when in history, can you
0: remember of another time Uh, where the prime minister or president of your country left like their house every single morning at the same time to talk to like you or like everyone, right? So by the way, I'm not defending Justin Trudeau. That's not where this is going. It's just a weird time we live in where, as you said, we're getting the reactions of like, at least our prime minister in real time because we have access
1: to him every single day like the media does anyway
2: yeah absolutely bu- yeah, he,
1: he's just handing out these cameo interactions <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> um just to like for context i think that the pause is like being taken as this grand thing i've heard that it's because he was being read the question in french so that French speaking people of Canada could understand what he was being asked. Um, so I think that a lot of people are reading that as him trying to formulate this answer. What he said, I don't think was really pointed or helpful or a tangible answer in any way. I think he's still skirted around the question. But you're absolutely right in that he's being asked to come up with answers to like unsolvable problems every day, which is something we've just never seen before
0: that said um the idea that the prime minister of our country right this is why i don't get the whole like uh drama surrounding the pause um because like as you said it could be for a various number of reasons i don't think the prime minister had a dissociative episode (laughs) in front of the entire country (laughs) but Um, honestly king shit if he did
2: like it's still on the table and i would respect him more
0: you know, it will be, it would be the only time I have related to a world leader <laughs> in my life. Um, but that being said, right, I find it unbelievable uh, be, that like Trudeau did not have a prepared statement for. What is going on? Like, generally, like, even if mm-hmm. he didn't know the exact question, it's not like the guy lives under a rock and does not have access to speechwriters in quarantine, right? Like, the idea that... Not, or maybe he doesn't have speechwriters for himself, but still, the idea that he would not have prepared something to say is unbelievable
2: to me, given this Or that is what he prepared. yeah. yeah. <laughs> The fact that he just, like, refused to say the words Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. was just unbelievable to me. It was, like, that's all you need to say, right? I mean, it's not all you need to say, but the fact that it was just completely skirted around, it was generalized. Like, just don't say anything at this point, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, Nintendo said Black Lives Matter before Justin Trudeau did. <laughs> On Twitter. That's nuts I, I I really hope that when everything eventually goes to the guillotine that Nintendo really is the last one okay. how have um have you have y'all been having conversations about what's happening with your family? Yes <laughs> I mean I
2: can
0: elaborate, but I was also waiting for you to come
2: yes, next Sarah. question. <laughs>
0: um my my, uh,
2: like
0: our my family is already very anti-police um because we come from a country where like it truly doesn't matter who you are (laughs) the police Mm -hmm. is gonna like assault you for no reason um because we like went through so many periods of having like repressive governments And so my country exists in this weird limbo state now where like the military is very much like oriented in the direction of the people, like the actual real like democratic thinking people are in the military and it's very strange. And then law enforcement is like, like a mask off fascists, you know? Huh? Um, And so like, approaching conversations with my parents about what's going on has been like slightly easier. Um, however, they are like very disillusioned. (laughs) Uh, so I, uh, in the sense of like, like when we talk about this stuff or at least when I think about what's going on for me in the back of my mind, there is that nagging, uh, voice that's like, Hey, is this it? Like, is it starting? Should I, Stop. Like, should I stop doing school and like get out in the street and like you know, and that that level of like thinking. And then when Absolutely. I talk to my parents about that, they seem very like disconnected from the movement. And I, in a way, understand because they, there's so much like trauma involved in like when they were growing up in the like 60s, 70s, 80s, etc. They had friends who would like be murdered because they were socialists or whatever. And so I, I understand where like the disillusionment from the movement is coming from because now they're very just like, just stay at home, mind your own business. Don't try to change things. right. And I was like, yeah. no, that's like unacceptable. It, it just is. And I, and I think that y'all need to like be on my side too. And I tried to make it, I try to make it clear like I understand where this is coming from, etc um so that's like a dialogue in our house that's like ongoing it hasn't ended quite yet so
2: yeah i honestly completely relate to that my family dynamic is very interesting in the sense that my dad grew up as a catholic in Derry, um so there was a lot of trouble over there with like the british Mm -hmm. so when he was younger, you know, he was involved in protests and siding with the IRS. He's seen a lot of this brutality that's happening right now. Like he was injured by a rubber bullet himself. So when we are talking, he's very much from like the perspective of being on the ground and giving me all of this really like out of touch advice about like covering my mouth and all this, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff. And then my mom as a black woman, uh, is seeing all of this happening and it's very traumatizing. And, you know, she doesn't want to talk about it. She's still processing it because she's as not not as progressive as my dad is, right? So mm-hmm. there's like that kind of dissonance in the house. And then there's just the distance of us in general. So it's not an in person dialogue that we're having.
1: I understand. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't get a chance to talk to my parents about this. Um just because if you watched last episode you know what happened um, TLDR, coming out's not fun um, but there we we've had talks about just policing in general because my dad always said that if he wasn't a man of God he would have been a cop and the way they look at violence is just because you know people are not righteous and god worshiping so that's why we're all In a bunch of shit right now. But it's, it always ends up being kind of like literally just talking to a law with them because my dad is on one side saying, like, no, just shoot the rioters because they're breaking the law. And if you (sighs) want things to change, then you do so in a civilized way, which is so strange considering that both my parents were born like on the tail end of fascist rule in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like infants when when our dict- or the former dictator was overthrown, but like it's close enough in time where you still talk about it, and it's still a thing in the culture and I don't know if it's because like we've generally been like people of the farms that we've always viewed the state as like god, king and country, so anything that trespasses on that is vile and has to be done away with so it's hard to contextualize this like police brutality and racism also for people who aren't from north america just because like i think being like portuguese we have like a very weird stance on race especially when you consider that historically we have not always been on the right side of it mm-hmm. and then when you come are you referring on, well,
0: to starting the in, the atlantic slave trade <laughs>
1: <laughs> um no yeah it was just a cute couple hundred years of making all of our like entire country's money off of the backs of slave trade. Right. So when you bring people from that mentality into a country like Canada where you can kind of just like work be merry have money. You don't have to give a shit about race if you're white or you don't even have to give a shit about race if you're not like fully fully white but you get away with the privilege Because then it's like, don't tell them the secret. We want to be friends with the white folks still.
0: Yeah. So, which is, it's, I mean, you know,
1: trash. (laughs) Oh, it's garbage. I would go down on the, I'm running up that hill if they would talk to me. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I think when we talk about, like, intersectionality uh, and and privilege, one of the, like, simplest things you can say to anyone is, like, don't you think that freedom as a concept is a privilege unless everybody can enjoy it? Like, and then, and then like you can start a dialogue there and explain to them like what the parameters of freedom are, like the freedom of mobility, right? The idea that if you are a person of color, a black person walking down the street, you should have the freedom to walk down that street without getting stopped and or murdered. The, and you can start with this concept of freedom and break it down into its component parts. I, I found this an effective strategy in approaching people who are um, apprehensive to talking about the issue. Uh, because then you can appeal to their own morality, hopefully, uh,
1: and explain the issue that way, at least. And if you want to look at it from like a sense of pedagogy and how people learn, because that's what we're all doing. Most of us are maybe for the first time becoming aware of what all these terminologies with regards to social justice have to do with life. And we just have to learn and accept things. And that's a process like anything else you learn in your life. And how you teach people and how you have the conversations like if you're going to be like if you're going to be mean they're not going to listen to you but if you just have a conversation with someone um they will take your word for it and you 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 it, the approach is always the approach ought to always come from a place of wanting to make the other person truly understand not because you're mad at them not because you think they're lesser than but because you have this piece of information and it's something that we all realistically can contain in ourselves like we can all grasp like it it's hard to it's hard to conceptualize like dismantling capitalism it's hard to grasp the concept of like we have to get rid of the police because we've been born in that but it's it's nothing it's nothing that's impossible we just haven't learned how to accept it yet but we'll just keep throwing bricks until we figure it out
2: Yeah, I mean, I think now is just the perfect time to really like radicalize your friends because it's a pattern, right? Like the Black Lives Matter movement has been around for years, but you've never really seen the type of support that we're seeing now because this was just the final straw for people. So like using this final straw to start these dialogues and start these conversations about like, well, if you're seeing this pattern, then what would it look like if this pattern were to end and where can we build from that? And kind of come like helping people come to it on their own because like shoving something down someone's throat is never going to mm-hmm. help anybody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think approaching any conversation uh, to someone who you're trying to educate uh, because maybe they said something ignorant or they're genuinely curious and they're like coming to you for education, right? And I'm I'm speaking of this in like a white person talking to a white person context. I think it's always good to approach that conversation in good faith as the person doing the educating. However, at no point are you also obligated to like take abuse during the conversation to continue the conversation. I think as a white person, you have more obligation to like stand, stand up to the abuse and, and try to push forward. Right. Cause the context is very different. I, I just don't think that it's any person of color's job to teach everybody
1: they know about institutionalized racism, etc. I, I think if you're a white person going into this, like, okay, my mind's bust open, let's go. Just take it in stride, because there's millions of people who, millions of Black people who are pro- processing all of this in a way that it's, a, it just, in a way that's a lot of, like, pent-up sadness and fear for so many years, and I, I don't want to talk to that experience, but it's just seeing and talking to different people it just you see the hurt and you see that it's all just driven by the want to be okay and people aren't going to always be able to express themselves calmly so just take take it as it comes and if you're wanting to learn people will teach you take the onus to also find it seek it out yourself just because that's good allyship you can't just expect people to spoon feed you everything
2: Absolutely. But it's also, you know, you say we need to learn from Black voices talking about Black experiences, but there are so many books and like articles and like academic journals written by Black voices that just because Black voices now are mourning and they don't need to educate people, it doesn't mean that there's not massive, masses of education available. Absolutely. So I think just like directing people towards that literature and helping people kind of connect with things that actually engage them is what's really really important right now instead of white people kind of trying to dilute things and and translate them from their perspective like really directing people towards that literature that already exists and should have already been consumed now is the perfect time
0: yeah and completely predates this movement right like it's i think painting it as this idea that okay now that we're ready to talk like quote ready to talk about uh institutionalized racism on a real level it is like now the information exists all of a sudden like that is not the case right Mm -hmm. this information has been around for like much longer
2: like an obscenely large amount of time Like it's it's been around so it's just now is a time where I feel like we're all kind of fueled with rage and we're all kind of really feeling like, is this the beginning of something? Like I, I've seen many protests like Ferguson, for instance, like it was a huge, huge thing, but I never really felt that something is going to change. And we're seeing the response, you know, like police are now being like outwardly violent towards people with no fear of repercussion, And we're like, this is unacceptable mm-hmm. and the people are not, Accepting the spoon feeding, like, oh, go out and vote. I've never seen so many people say voting isn't going to change something. We got to do more, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And cities like LA are cutting funding for cops. Um, several cities in like historically like conservative states are taking down like Robert E. Lee statues mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So this is just like what a week into serious protesting. And I hope it doesn't let up because it's the only. Clearly it's the only way we're getting somewhere. Like absolutely still vote when the time comes and do what you gotta. So what's happening now
0: at least is uh, police departments are responding, some of them anyway, by like actually charging the officers who were involved. Like, at, and I think at least for the George Floyd murder, it's gone up to all four of them with charges of second degree murder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I and I've been seeing people on the internet rightly saying, like on Twitter, that remember that we're not just doing this for George Floyd. We're doing it for Breonna Tyler, We're doing it for uh, Regis Korczynski uh, Paquet. Like we're doing it for all Black lives. So don't be fooled into thinking that people are listening to you because they are just now starting to take
1: action. Because if they were listening, they would have taken action. Ages ago. It's not the time to let up whatsoever. It's just the angrier you can get, the more radical change you'll achieve and actually getting the results you want. I think I cut you off a little bit, Sean. I apologize.
2: I know. I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 the ADHD is running rampant. That is
1: okay. Did you watch Drag Race? Well, did you watch? Do did, did, did you know who won? I do. Okay. Because that was Black Lives Mattering.
2: And something about that, like, that's really been bothering me is, as we all know, the never-ending train of Drag Race is that All Stars 5 premieres tomorrow. So, Miss Hall not only got one week of being the only, like, queen before something else took over, she's spending that week speaking out about Black Lives Mattering and having to, you know, do all this activism when she should just be relaxing and basking in her crown and it's just like it never it never stops right like she's a black man scary. and a drag queen RuPaul's Drag Race winner second and it's it's just makes me mad because out of all the winners I think she just deserves the time more mm-hmm.
1: the I- essence of the timing just not being it I,
0: I just I also think that like it's important to acknowledge it to an extent that again the reason shit like this happens is because RuPaul cannot make enough money off of Drag Race. No amount of money is enough. That's why he started fracking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Never. Never. And on that note, I
0: think we should take a break.